Welcome to the Grace Life Podcast, hosted by Grace Life Church in Alabama. We're glad you've taken a moment to listen today. If you'd like to get in contact with us, our Facebook page and our website are linked in the show notes. We believe as you listen to the Word of God today that you will be blessed and that your life will be changed. Let's join the service already in progress in the sanctuary with Pastor West. Good evening. There you go. Good, good, good. Everybody have a good day? Jerry's still out? Well, let's see if we can turn our attention down the direction. First John 5. First John 5, page 2042. Let's see if that'll help anybody. First John five, number four. I don't like how the King James, or I don't uh, uses this, so uh, I just turn it into another translation. It says, "Whatsoever is born of God." I think whosoever is better, because a possum is whatsoever, right? So whosoever is born of God overcomes their world. And this is the victory that overcomes this, their world. Then the King James has a, uh, the word even in italicized, which means it's not in the original. So we could just take it out and get the same thing. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, that didn't make it hard, did it? So to overcome the world, we need a belief that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, now, skip down to verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath this witness in himself. He that believeth not hath made him a liar. He, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son, or the testimony. And then he tells us the next verse what that testimony or the record is. This is the record of the testimony that God hath given us to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. And then it gets better. He that hath the Son has this life. He that does not have the Son does not have this life. These things I have written unto you that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask, Anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Always when I read verse 14, 15, it's a two very positive scriptures in it. Wouldn't it be, and wouldn't it be really nice if the Bible was true? Wasn't just a book? This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
Well, we know if he knows our thoughts and knows the hairs on the head, we know that he can hear us. But then verse 15 says, but if, you, but if we know that he hears us, that whatever we ask, then we have these petitions. Mark chapter 5, if you will. Mark 5. I just want to read to you a few scriptures, and, and then it's going to be all based on one word for a few minutes tonight. Mark 5. Verse um, 20. Says that he departed and taught Jesus and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all the men did marvel. Verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogues, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying to Jesus, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and that she may live. What you don't get in this story, uh, and we know in, here in Mark, we know that uh, as we, if we continue to read on, that Jesus uh, certainly consents to go with him to Jairus' house, but we know that they run into the woman with the issue of blood. And then that takes a little while. And, uh, and we know she's healed, and we can learn much from that. But here, this is where he approached him. And uh, have you ever thought about, I don't know how long it took, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 30 minutes, because, uh, you know, he was trying to figure out who touched him, and he's asking, who touched me? And then they said, well, everyone's touching you, about, if you can't continue reading, you know, about the woman this issue of blood. And then he says, no, this is a different kind of touch. So then the woman came and told him everything. That took more than two minutes. You ever wonder what was going through Jairus' mind? He wants him to come because his daughter is at the point of death. Right? Close to death. We know that's true because just continue reading the chapter and you find out even though the woman with the issue of blood gets healed... Then they send people from Jairus' house to tell him, no, no need troubling the master any longer. She's, she's died in the process. And uh, so we, when they said she was closer, she was at the point of death, she absolutely was. And, uh, <clears throat> and so here, uh, we'll pick up with it, uh, say, verse 35. Um, he said, while yet he spake, there came from the roof of the synagogue's house certain, which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why do you trouble the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Don't be afraid, only believe. And he suffered or allowed no man to follow him, save her, except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seeing the tumult. These are the bunch of people who are there uh, weeping uh, and wailing greatly, it said. And when he came in, he said unto them, why are you making all this ado and why are you weeping? Well, that's obvious, isn't it? She's dead, right? 
Uh, he said, but, but he says, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And, but she was, uh, if this was Alabama, which this wasn't in Alabama, by the way, but if it was, this is, she was Alabama dead. She was to capitalist dead, wherever they were at here in the city. But when he had put them out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and when they were come out, he entered into the, where the damsel was lying, and he took the damsel by the hand, and he said unto her, Talitha Kuma, which is being turned damsel, I say unto thee, arise, and straightway she arose and walked, for she was the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. They were astonished, or a lot of translation says they, they were astonished, uh, Amplified so they were astonished and overwhelmed with amazement. And he charged them straight that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Uh, here they're, they're, they're talking about they saw a miracle that absolutely astonished them. Now this happened, of course, every time where Jesus is mentioned, no, no doubt. Uh, I, I'm just going to give you these verses and you can, um, if you, if you want to make notes, uh, write them down to look up later. If you're not going to look them up later, I wouldn't waste my time. But anyway, you say, that's me. No, I wouldn't. I, just, <laughs> I remember years ago and I was going to church, but I wasn't pastor and I just make all kinds of notes and I thought one day, well, what am I doing with all these things? But I'll never go back and look at them. But as my, my spiritual appetite changed, I found out there was more wealth in it than what I could get while we were in the service, especially like probably on a midweek where you've been, your, your mind's been competing for the day and you're at the end of the day and, and you can be somewhat fatigued by the day. So it's just, you know, I, I get that. Uh, I understand that very well. That's why sometimes it's really good. Um, I, and I just know too, you may not be in a situation today, but you might have a situation in life where you need something astonishing to happen. When you don't know, you need something astonishing to happen. You might need something uh, amazing to happen. Um, and what, what we're going to talk about here in just a minute is the, the key to these things is ex expectation. But Mark chapter 2, verse 12, I'm not turning up, I'm just going to read them real quickly. It says, Immediately he arose, looked up, took up his bed, and went to the, into the presence of them all. So they were all amazed and they glorified God. And they said, We never saw anything like this before. That's the man who was let down with his four friends. And they all watched that, and they said, wow, we never saw nothing like this. Well, those four guys and his friends had expectation for something to happen, or otherwise they wouldn't have went through all that, would they? Uh, Mark 6, 51 says, they went up to the boat to them, and, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they were marveled. Mark 7, 37 says, they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Luke 4.32 said they were astonished at his teaching because his word was with authority. Luke 5.9 says for he and all who were with him, they were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Luke 8.55 and 56 says in the then her spirit returned, and she rose immediately, and her parents were astonished, and he charged them not to tell what had happened, which is this story. Uh, and then lastly, Acts 3.10 says, And then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Um, 
Don't you think it's like past time that someone in church be amazed? <laughs> just, just saying. You hear a lot of that? Wow, it's amazing. Maybe they're amazed because church let out early. I don't know. I don't know. Or, or, you know, it was, I was so amazed it went really long or something. You know, I don't know. Just, but you don't hear much about, but that should be, that should be the norm, shouldn't it? Yes. Uh, Psalm 62, 5, we won't turn there, says, it says, My soul waits only upon God and silently submits to him, for my hope and my expectation are from him. When you do a word study, if you, if you do it that way, you'll find out that expectation is the breeding ground for, for miracles. Amen. You, can, you can know about faith and you can pray faith prayers, but not receive at all. In other words, you could, if, you're, you were, if, you were, if it was like a written petition or if it just oral, you could just simply go to the word. Well, I think we started off in 1 John 5. This is the compass that we have. We ask anything according to his will. As good word people, we need to know, find out what the will is, right? And then we could just, it could just be like a formal request that has really no heart connection to it. And, you, and we're just going through the, the motions of it's God's will to do this. You said if I ask this according to this, you do this. Okay, here I go. In Jesus' name, but there is no really heart connection to that. That's kind of that's kind of like lip service. And uh, generally, people who have their whole heart involved in something is the ones who sees the demonstrations. Um, and a lot of times, it comes out of a desperation of their own situation. Um, you know, Barbara, don't mind me saying this. I mean, I'm just thinking back. Today, when I was looking at some of the stuff, uh, when Philip had his situation when he was 15, right? And, uh, and I remember because I was there. I mean, I just, and, uh, and I remember what the doctor said. And uh, so he just needed consent to administer uh, the strongest thing that they had, what they thought it was. But he said, if we take time to test it, to and I believe this is what it's going to be, this meningitis of certain type, if we don't administer the strongest thing we have immediately, if this is what it is and we wait to get the results, he said, well, there's, if I, I think he said there was 35 cases at that time in Alabama, and uh, half of everyone, half of those 35 dies in the first 60 minutes to two hours. Now, if you're a parent and you hear that, that's, uh, well, you, you have children, or you, or you just think about a, a spouse, a child. You're, you go to the doctor, you, you know, you just like, the kid has a fever and you don't know what it is, emergency room, and they said 60 minutes to two hours. And uh, so that's not one of the things that you go and you say, well, we're going to let them do some test results and we're going to go down to the cafe and get some coffee and a little Danish and we'll come back and see. I mean, this is your child. So they, they said, you know, if, so she absolutely consented to go ahead and administer the strongest drugs they have. But he says, but I will, I'm just going to be honest with you. Even though we do this, half of everyone, even we ministered the drugs to, 
uh, didn't make it. And that, that's a, that'll shake you to the core. Can you imagine? I'm not talking about someone you, you heard on TV, you read in the paper. I'm talking about your own child. That will shake you to the core. So when you pray, uh, there's some fervency involved. There is a definite heart connection. Uh, there is a faith is involved, but it's desperate faith. It's 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 radical faith. Uh, you might pray a little loud because you don't have nowhere else to go. You don't know how you might do it, but you don't have time to be politically correct. Um, you you need to get in touch with heaven and what you know and heaven in you and work this thing out and we're, we don't have much time. And those kind of prayers generally always get answered. And a lot of times we can just say things and pray things and just go through the motions of things and then really kind of tears our confidence down because we don't see the answer to the prayer and we think, well, you know, I don't know. I don't get it because it says this and I believe it because it says that, but it ain't really happening for me, so I really don't know. And, you know, we don't want to say it, but, you know, it's in there. But, you know, I don't know about you. I, I, I kind of like to know why something, if it's not working and it's supposed to work, I kind of want to know why, don't you? Amen. Yeah. I mean, if you bought something, oh, you could hundred things, but I mean, if you go buy, if you go buy something that you want and you spend a decent amount of money on it, and it, if it doesn't work, don't you want to know why? Or are you going to take it back and find out why? You know, if you bought a car and it, it's brand new and it breaks down every three days, are you, are you probably going to, you're going to ask some questions, right? And so uh, you, you wouldn't just say, well, well, you know, you know, we just got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> no, that's good. The warranty is going to make sure we get some good out of this thing. So uh, expectation really is the breeding ground uh, for signs, wonders, and miracles and demonstrations. So that's what Psalm 62 is talking about. He says, my, my, my soul is waiting patiently. I'm submitted to him. Uh, but all my hope and all my expectation uh, is from him. And uh, if you just look up that word expectation, it means a strong belief that something, real simple, a strong belief that something is going to happen. You ever had a sense of you, whether you heard something or whether you had an impression that something was about to happen? You ever got that? I mean, it, it could be a warning about a situation or, or could just be something good is about to happen. And uh, so he says, that's just Expectation. This is just from the dictionary. Strong belief something's going to happen. The, the Webster, 1828, uh, Mr. Webster himself, which was a spirit field man. So if you ever get, you can go online now and look at all this. You ain't got to have the, the real big book. But uh, uh, his definition of expectation was this, is the act of expecting or looking forward to a future event with at least some reason to believe the event is going to happen. He went on to say, it's the prospect of good to come. It's confidence in a future event. Uh, you have a reason to look forward to, some, to this. That's expectation. So when you're praying or what you're believing at the, uh, today, uh, are you believing with godly expectation? You know, ho hope's kind of the goal setter and faith is the receiver. Hope and expectation is a lot the same. 
In other words, hope sets the goal, and, and the, you have a you have a expectation, you have a godly hope and a godly expectation based on the Word of God, and by faith you re, you reach out and you receive that which you desire. So, <clears throat> uh, when expectation is present in someone, you can always tell. And the way you can always tell is their body language and their demeanor is different. In other words, they have some joy about them. You ever saw someone just, yeah, I'm believing. And they're looking at the ground and they're, they're, they're believing. And I said, are you bleeding? No, I'm believing. Oh, so I thought she was bleeding. Well, if we're really believing, there's always going to be some joy present. And this really is also the proof of expectation. Uh, Proverbs 24, 14 talks about this. It says, find godly wisdom, and when you find it, you shall have a future and a reward, and your hope of expectation shall not be cut off. Who's happy about that one? Get the wisdom that you need about the situation. You'll find, find it, get it. That will produce, and you'll have a future because of it. And then there's the reward of it. You have the hope of expectation. And because you have the hope of expectation with the wisdom that you have, you'll not be cut off from it. Then you have to stir that expectation up. Yeah, which is, a, once again, a strong belief about something. Now, uh, Hebrews 13. Can you go back one chapter? Hebrews 12, then we'll look at the... Verse 1, uh, 1 and 2. Uh, Amplified says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight, and the sin which does so readily clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patience, endurance, steady and active persistence, the appointed course of the race that is set before us. I like the next verse. Uh, I always have an Amplified. Looking away... From all that will distract. <laughs> and believe me, when you decide to believe God for something uh, that's going to take His involvement, much will come to distract you. It'll generally come through people. It doesn't have to be people, but generally it'll be induced by people. Looking away from all who will distract and put in your focus on who? Jesus, who's the leader and the source of your faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection, 
For he is the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. His uh, next verse says, Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials. I never really saw that before. Uh, the way the Amplified brought that out. In other words, he said, make a comparison of him going to the cross and him having to look beyond the cross, right? He said, and, and consider that with, with, with your problems today. <laughs> kind of minute, aren't they? Anyone scheduled for crucifixion tomorrow? Anyone want to make an appointment? <laughs> uh, Reckon up and consider it in comparison with your trial so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart, relaxing, and fainting in your mind. Hmm. Now, Hebrews 13. Praise God. Verse 5, I'm still reading from the Amplified. Let your character and moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, avarice, that, that word right there. Lust and craving for early, earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstances with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor will I give you up, nor will I leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you, nor let you down. <laughs> I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. It'd be really cool if the Bible was just true. <laughs> so we take comfort and we are encouraged and we are confident. Because of this, we boldly say, The Lord's my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified what man can do to me. And then, as far as I know, I only have one more verse. Isaiah, uh, and I didn't have this one, I just heard it. That was my last one actually a while ago. Isaiah 40. I guess I'm still reading from the Amplified. Believing with expectation, praying with expectation. Just expecting. So I think a lot of people have, I'm talking to me as much as anybody, we forget to expect. And some of it's just the simple rules of the basics of faith. 
I mean, it, Jesus always paralleled something natural to a, to a spiritual truth, did he not? You know, there's people years ago, with, and there's still some that say, you know, when you give, you shouldn't expect nothing to return. Well, a farmer would think that's the stupidest thing he'd ever heard. Anyone ever put money to, in, a, in a vending machine, snack or, or drink, and then you made your selection? And what'd you do next? Then you reach down. Has anyone ever maybe reached down before it hit? That when you put in a, I don't know, I, I, I can remember back as much as a quarter. I can't go before a quarter for, for a drink. So anyone? <laughs> Seemed like I really remember 35 cents, but, uh, but I, I do remember some quarter. And, uh, and then you, you had to be a little bit older to remember the kind that you had to open up and they got them on the side, straight up and down, and they're in bottles, and you pull them out. And uh, you'd put, your, you'd put your, your money in the machine, your coins, and then you'd, you'd reach down to receive something ex- because you're expecting to make a selection and get your drink, right? Because you, you paid. And uh, same thing with you go to a, a restaurant or you go to a drive-thru, you talk to somebody, you don't know who they are. <coughs> You tell them what you want, and they, they get it, hopefully, and then tell you how much it is, and you drive around expecting to receive the very thing that you asked for, don't you? Amen. You ever thought about that? I know sometimes this stuff I do is just so simple, but you ever thought about it? That if you went through Jack's and you ordered combo number, I don't even know what it is, six, which, which one do you expect? Do you expect four? You expect six. Right? You expect exactly what you ask for. We come to church, we don't. We have, we have confidence in jacks that we don't have in God sometimes. And when God comes through, he don't ever forget your cheese. <laughs> he didn't say we're out. <laughs> huh? He didn't say we had to substitute the hamburger for bologna. Or put liverwurst on there. Oh, gosh. Does he? No. We have complete faith that well, whatever we order is what's, when we drive around, that's what we're going to pick up, right? And some of you who really like your number, wherever it is you, that you go, with us sit down and drive through, and you're hungry, you're looking forward to meeting up with it, aren't you? <laughs> and uh, we have complete faith in Jacks or McDonald's or, you know, who, whoever they are. Now, <clears throat> here's uh, Isaiah 40, verse 3, amplifies to the voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord, clear away the obstacles. See the same thing? In other words, all these intruders, obstruction comes in. Uh, Parable of the sower, we're talking about the weeds come in, the roots, you know, all the things. Preparing the wilderness away of the Lord, clear away the obstacles. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for your God. For every valley shall be lifted and filled up, and every mountain hill shall be made low, and the crooked and uneven shall be made straight and level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory, majesty, and splendor of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Then let me jump all the way into staying amplified. Uh, verse 10 says, Behold, the Lord will come with might, 
and his arm will rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd, and he will gather the lambs in his arm. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who have their young. Verse 13 says, Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord as his counselor? Who, who, who teaches the Lord? You know, I don't, a lot of things I don't know, but this one I think I'm clear on. I'm going to go and say nobody. Who has directed, who gives, who does the Lord take counsel from? Does he need counsel? Does he need suggestions? With whom, verse 14, Amplified says, with whom does he take counsel that instruction must be, that might be given him? Who was it that taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? To him, the nations, verse 15, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and they're counted as small dust on the scales. He takes up the isles like a very little thing. And all Lebanon's forests cannot supply sufficient fuel for all its wild beasts furnished victims enough to burn sacrifices worthy of the Lord. Gee. All the nations to him, they're nothing before him. They are regarded by him as less than nothing, emptiness, waste, futility, worthlessness. So he asked the question, to whom will you liken God? Or with what likeness can you compare him? The graven image, this is funny right here. I've always thought this, this is just hilarious. Uh, the graven image, in other words, those who carves a God out. A workman cast it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts silver chains for it. He who is impoverished, that he has no offering or oblation or rich gift to give to his God, is constrained to make a, wood, a wooden offering. An idol, so he chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks out a skilled craftsman to carve and set up an image that will not totter or deteriorate. In other words, you hire someone to make you a god, and then you go pick your god wood out because you want to serve the right kind of woody god. That'd be a good name for him, Woody. <laughs> but you got to keep the woody the woodpeckers off Woody. Just spur the moment. I just, <laughs> you worshipers of idols, you are without excuse. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning those things ought to convince you of God's omnipotence and the folly of bowing down to idols? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle, the horizon of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Wow. It is He who stretches out the heavens like God's curtains and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. So he made the, the, the heavens and the clouds and he just stretches, he stretches the sky out like, a, like it's a, a curtain. Hmm. Who brings dignitaries to nothing. Who makes the judges and the rulers of the earth as chaos, emptiness, falsity, futility. Yes, these men are scarcely planted Scarcely are they sown, scarcely does their stocks take root in the earth. When the Lord blows upon them, they wither, and the whirlwind or tempest takes them away like stubble. Then he asked the question again, 
to whom are you going to liken me that I should be equal to, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and see who has created these. He who brings out their host by number and calls them by name through the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one missing or lacks anything. So why, Jacob, do you say and declare, O Israel, my way and my lot are hidden from the Lord and my right hand is passed over without regard from the Lord? In other words, I got this one past him. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint, he's not weary, there is no searching of his understanding. I mean, y'all be honest with me. This is the end of the day, right? How many of y'all at least a little bit tired right now? How many of y'all, if you had to, you could go to sleep? And then, not, not yet, not yet. I'll be through just a second. <laughs> if you go to sleep, we've got to come back there and determine what your offering is going to be. <laughs> Purse, wallet, whatever it is. Now, the Lord's older than we are, right? He's not tired. And He's never taken a nap. Now, that's what you have, one thing you had to look forward to in heaven. You'll never be tired or fatigued, and you'll never need a nap. You'll never sleep. Some of y'all like, I, I like to sleep, but you won't when you get there. You wouldn't want to miss anything. Completely energized. So he said, um, he, so he said he's, he's, does not faint, he doesn't grow weary, and you cannot search out his understanding. You can't tap him out. So he gives power to the faint. Should we, should we expect God to be able to figure a way for us? Should we have expectation that he could handle our situation? You think he could figure out one little way to do it? You can't search out his understanding. He can't say, well, let me think about this and let me sleep on it overnight and I'll get back with you tomorrow. Oh, I don't sleep. Hmm. Hmm. So he gives power to the faint, not him. He gives power to the weary, uh, not him. And to him who has no might, he's not talking about himself. Right? He increases that person's strength. He causes that strength to multiply, and then he makes that strength abound. Is that good news? Every youth shall faint and be weary. So now, now he's talking about youth faint. Young people faint. They, they're weary. Selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall down exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect... Look for. I wonder why he won't turn to this chapter. I just, he said, read chapter 40. I don't know why. Not, I really know why now. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, who look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And become tired. Amen. So there's, if there's any adjusting to do, it's, it's on our part, right? Amen. So we don't want to just pray or just say, I'm believing God. Should have an expectation. Amen. No such thing as a farmer sowing and not have an expectation of, of receiving something. Can you imagine that? That he'd go out there 
and do all the things of harvest and buy the seed and prepare the ground. And he says, well, I just feel like I should do that and just walk away and never come back. That'd just be dumb, 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 right? So we should have the same expectation. Amen. To, and a lot of you have sowed through the years. We all have. No one in here has reaped all the harvest from things that you've already sown. But what is your focus on expectation on receiving? See, we focus a lot on the giving, and that's good. But he said giving and receiving. So we should put as much emphasis, faith toward our receiving, right, as we do our giving. Right? Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, he says, to churches that were kind of really partnering with him. He said, uh, one translation said, you've opened up an account in heaven of one that you've given and now you've opened up an account and it'll come back to you. He talked about their giving and receiving. It's, if you don't receive, then how do you continue to give? Right? It's not, it's not that the Lord wants you to learn how to live without 10% or 15 or 20, whatever that you give. He doesn't want you to learn how to keep your lifestyle in other words, if you make 50000 a year and you're giving 5000 as 10%, he doesn't want you to learn how to live on 45. That, that That's not the plan. You say, well, I could do that. Well, there's some other people would be in major trouble if they got reduced to that tomorrow. But what I'm saying is, he doesn't want you just to learn how to live minus the 10% in your offerings. He wants us to give that as a trust to him, right? This belongs to the Lord. It's not, can I afford it? It's not, it's not mine. Once again, if I borrow your car, it's like, this is a nice car. I, I really need it. Like car. I need this car. I think I need it worse than they do. And I just, I don't take it back to them. <laughs> they say, hey, where's my car? I, we just decide we're going to need it. <laughs> well, you know how that's going to work. So the tie doesn't belong to us. It's not ours. That, that's not even our attitude. And so we're cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it, give us whose hearts in our giving, right? And so it's the, it's the seed that we give that's multiplied, not the seed that we keep. But he wants us to have a great expectation about this. Yeah. Now, the, the reason I'm ministering on this day, you, you realize that I could minister on anything. But this is exactly what it, he wanted me to minister on. Amen. Have an expectation to believe. Have an expectation to receive back from him. So God is asking us tonight, will you believe me with, godly ex- with his expectation, godly expe- expectation, uh, to when you pray and when you give, and then in any way that you need to receive for him, will you attach with your faith, will you attach and keep it in your focus and expectation to receive? Yes. I mean, when you're, when you're going to the store sometimes and you're short of time, um, isn't it good to get a close parking space? Yeah. I mean, be honest, have y'all ever looked for the one closest to the store? Yeah. You were looking for it, right? Yeah. Now, a lot of times, I ain't saying about you, so I'll just talk about me. Where I, sometimes I don't need the one close. Sometimes I need to be parking on the side of the street. I need, I need to exercise. But, but most of us are looking for, you know, the best parking space we can find. Right. And sometimes you just come right in there and it's like, man, this is just right there at the door. But see, you were looking for it. Are you looking for your harvest? Are you, are, are you looking for the answer? Are you looking for the solution? If not, we'll just get caught up in church activity. And, uh, and when you have expectation like this, and you're really expecting to receive, then it'll do something to your joy. I mean, when you're really expecting to receive. Right? 
I mean, there's people who put money in vending machines, 75 cents to a dollar, and it didn't work, it didn't come out, and we're looking to report it. And some of y'all in this room, including me. I mean, if that machine keeps taking your money, that's, that's, not what's, that's not how it's supposed to work, right? And sometimes if it belongs to that store, or we, we go ask them, is this your machine? Well, no, it's, well, that took my money. Because you're expecting if you put a dollar and a quarter in, you're going to get you a chocolate moon pie. You're looking for that pie to drop, aren't you? Yeah. Come to church, we don't. We just, I try it, I try it, I try it. Let's believe. Amen. Let's expect to receive. Yes. Let's, let's, let's believe for the favor of God. Last week we called it fog, favor of God. I want I want y'all to live in the I want y'all to live in fog, favor of God. Amen. It's for someone. Amen. It's for someone who's believing it. Amen. 1999, after much persuasion um, from my pastor, he said you need to be believed for favor. And I, he's looking at my situation. He said, Yeah, you need to believe. He said, Boy, you need some favors. <laughs> And, um, and I would just become discouraged in so many things, you know, personally and otherwise. He said, you're not believing. And he said, what's the word say? And I told him what the word said. He says, that, that, didn't, that didn't do nothing. He said, you're, you're, you're not expecting anything. You're expecting it to get worse. And I looked inside and I said, you know what I am? Because it looks like, to, you know, yesterday was like the day before and the day before and the day before. And he said, uh, go home and listen to these tapes. And then he said, call me in two days. And I had like 10 tapes to listen to. That was my assignment. I knew why I did it. I understood that. Listen to the 10 tapes, call me back. And that way I'll know if you listen to them because I'm going to quiz you on them. But man, what I got in those 10 tapes, and that was my thing because it's like, you know, you got to take a test and I, and I got to call him back. So when I call him back, he's going to ask questions. So I, I'm, I'm listening for the material. And, uh, and when I got to the material, I was like, man, I know this. I, I can't believe I got off this far in this. And the, the more I listened, the more excited I got, the more excited I got, the more my confidence went up, the more my confidence, my, my, my faith was kept to this place. And I'm talking about in, in, uh, in five days, my whole situation turned around completely. Amen. The, the whole situation was gone. And all, and all it took was tens of thousand dollars to fix it. And it was all fixed in five days. No one wants to say amen. 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 Yeah. Well, if you'd have got tens of thousand dollars, you'd have been saying amen. So, and that just came from just absorbing 10 cassette tapes and saying, and it wasn't anything that I learned. It was what Hebrews said, you know this and you've let it slip. You've just, you've just fallen into, and now you've become distracted. And now you're looking at the, the facts of the th situation. You're not in faith about it. And, and you're not expecting for nothing to change. Hey, you're, you're, you're the son of God, right? You, you have this record, this testimony. He who has a son has the son's life. Has the son's zoe. That's whatever's in him. That's the testimony of God of whatever's in him is in you. So we're to get the same results. So let's believe something tonight. All right, let's receive the offering.
This would be a good time to believe right here. If you need to, just jerk a button off somebody's shirt if you don't have something to give. This, uh, or take one of the hairs, take a lock of hair out. Y'all don't mess with Ralph now. He can't, he can't afford much of that pulling on him. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I envy that sometimes. I could just get in there and take a shower like that. And, uh, nothing to lose by believing God. Amen. You have nothing to lose by believing God. Now Jesus said if there's a believer or two and they've come in my name then I'm coming. I'm there. Wouldn't that be cool if the Bible was true? Where any one or two are, are there in my name and in agreement, he said, I'm there in the midst. So you're about to believe something with him by your side. Really in you, but Christ in you, right? But I want, to, want you to get a picture of this. You're about to believe something. Someone asked Earl Roberts one time in the prayer line, and he's, he's preaching about faith, and they said, they said, I don't know why I haven't been healed. My brother Roberts sits under the tent. He said, I have all the faith in the world. He said, that's your problem. You have all the faith in the world, but you haven't released a, a bit of it to God. He said, all the faith in the world is not doing you any good. So, here you are, Getting ready to believe. And th this is just the way it works. When things are working fine, you're... Most people don't grow in good times. Because there's nothing demanding of them. But if you was like in Barbara's situation that day, and you said, we, we got this and we don't know, but we think this is what it is, and we're going to... She signed off and they said, it's still 50-50. He's got 60 minutes to two hours to live if this don't work. See what that do to you. You know, you can't run back to the house real quick. You know, was that Children's Hospital? She couldn't run back to Jimison real quick and pick up a Charles Cast book and read it real quick. It's too late for that. It's all over. <laughs> you know, you remember that, you remember that gut check? I mean, I know you do. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm just, I'm the uncle, but I'm, but I'm, and I care a whole lot, but I mean, I, that was kind of, whew. I mean, the, uh, I think there was this little bit of, uh, well, it was a lot of this little council room they put you in. He just threw us in there real quick. He said, is this, this y'all's son? I said, no, her, her son, I'm his uncle, pastor, uncle, whatever. And so he didn't have much time and it was just, and I remember just sitting there and it felt like, Every, felt like my heart and my everything sunk to my feet when he said that. I said, "Huh? 
I'm like, have you got the right kid? He's you know, blonde hair and all that. Just got this little mark right here. He says, yeah. And then it all changed. I mean, he, his whole physical being changed in, in minutes. You couldn't believe the, the kid you saw was this kid over here. Helps, helps to know something. And uh, those are the kind of prayers Jairus was believing for something, don't you think? I mean, this wasn't a, we could use a, a new Chevy. My daughter's at the point of death, and then she has died. They're believing. They're believing big time. And when your faith is kind of nonspecific and it's casual, I think that's about what we get. So I just want you, I, I just want you to receive all that God wants you to have for you. I, the, the, my own motivation is for you to receive it all. That's, that's it. Y'all happy? Yes. All right. Now here's the part I can't do for you. I, this is the part you have to do. So are you ready? Were any two? Were any two are there? One or two? We got that covered tonight. And uh, Jesus is here. Right? Well, I don't know what you're believing for, but if it's in the financial realm, you need to put your verse right there. If you don't know one, I'll give you one. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That means a lot of things. You, you have a need. That's kind of like saying you have a need. I will supply what you need out of my checking account. Amen. That's what that means, right? I mean, what, what else can it mean? My God shall supply all my need according to his riches, according to his bank account. Amen. How many of y'all can think bigger now? <laughs> I mean, you're at Sam's, you think, well, we might as well go ahead and get everything for the month. <laughs> right? And we've been needing one of those. <laughs> Need one of those. So, according to his riches. Maybe because maybe the reason why sometimes people have little is because they believe little. Yeah. Little bitty faith brings in little bitty projects. Huh? Some people just have a bigger vision. We haven't got to the Biltmore yet, but it's on my radar now. And, and I haven't been through it, but the only reason I really want to go there is because I need to see it. I need to see it. I need to see what a man could even think, much less with hands put something together that's, you know, I, you know, and I've been in places before, not like that, but but you're like, man, I ain't believing for nothing, am I? <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, I, you know, it, it will do something. I, something like that really would do something for your vision and your imagination and. You ever thought about imagination, how it works? I mean, it works good or bad, but God gave us our imaginations for it's supposed to be used for good, right? And he wants you to use your imagination for the godly things. How many have photographs in your home of past events that you went somewhere or you have past events with family or children or grandchildren or or just family in general, you, you go down the hallway, you got these little photo albums and, and you have photographs of events from the past, right? How many have them down the hallway of future events? See, 
That's another way of saying write the vision and keep it before you. Why don't we have a, uh, they asked Earl Roberts, how did you believe for this? He said, I had a wall that was built. That when I went in that room that day, he said, I had a replica of what Oral Roberts University was going to look like. And I walked in that room every day, and I prayed in that room every day, and I looked at that vision every day, and God took the picture that was in here and in here. And he says, and we, and uh, he says, and they said, well, what did you, did you have the funds to get started? He said, I started or are you? ORU University Ministry with $40. He said, what'd you do? He said, I bought some two by fours and split them down. Uh, not that this was the building process. He said, I bought string. And Scott knows what I'm, what I'm talking about. He went out there and staked it out because he wanted another visual. So when he went on the land to, to to pray over it, Bill God, he gave him a perimeters of that's that and that's that. He said, all I could buy was some wood, cut it down, make some stakes, tack in a little string in there. He says, and he said, this is the university. And then yeah, I looked in the, my account and I spent everything on the string. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine you feel like a fool up here, you know, to, well, I know you do because I've been there, not to build a university, but it works the same way. And so why don't we have a wall with the future? If we're going to have a wall of the past, why don't we have a wall of where we're headed? We only tell a story of where we've been. We need something that says tomorrow instead of yesterday. Can you see the wisdom in that? Yes. All right. Y'all ready? All right. You're going to need to pray too then. So I don't know what you need. I don't know what you have need of. It may not be a need. It might be a desire. But, but seed's a big part of it. We're not buying miracles. We're not buying healings. But we're planting seed with expectation. God said, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and there'll be time to harvest. So let's go ahead. and You've always been faithful to give. And I appreciate that very much. Without giving, you, you can't have, a, you can't have a, a building. You can't have a ministry. So you're very faithful to give. So now don't we, why don't we receive right now? Put, put the same heart and love and faith into your receiving as you do your giving. So Father, in Jesus' name, we just glorify you, praise you, give you glory, and give you honor. You said, come to you with thanksgiving and enter your courts with praise. So before asking, we're thanking. Before asking anything, we are rejoicing in you. You are God and there is none other. There's no one we could equal you to. There's no one who holds a close second. You are number one. You are uno. You are God. And we acknowledge you and your greatness. And Father, we come to you. You said when we come to you, we are to believe that you are and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Whether it be a financial need or a need of the family, whatever it be, relationships, Whatever the need be, whether it be healing in their body, we are believing you now with a godly expectation. And you need to have a verse there. And just, just attach that verse to it as a point of contact. Just a place to release the faith so that you don't have all the faith in the world, but you, that you release the faith that you do have. It's kind of like uh, if you'll picture walking into a dark room 
and uh, you reach your hand in there and you go to the light switch and when you hit the light switch up you want the lights to come on so that's that's like a point of context so in the name of Jesus I reached my hand around to hit the switch the switch of faith and in Jesus name according to to your word I release my faith one two three now in Jesus name I release my faith to you for this need to be met over in abundance over in abundance in Jesus name thank you that the windows of heaven are open over your people Thank you that there's, there's blessings poured out that there's not room enough to receive it. Thank you, Lord, that your grace is more than enough to meet every need over in abundance. In Jesus' name, amen. Someone may receive the offering. All righty, we'll see you all Sunday.